I believe I saw Robin in the original Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. She's doing her calisthenics up on top. Well, good evening, Lighthouse Community Church. I hope that you're doing well. I'm really glad to see many of your faces here, and I know that there's a lot of you who are joining us online. Typically, you're used to seeing Bill up here for these Wednesday nights. We have recognized that there is, I just want to first just speak as, as um, a part of this church, I don't know that I have ever experienced as much spiritual warfare in, in just a couple of short weeks as we have since we started this Revelation study between uh, physical ailments and um, just big emotion as well as random people coming in and uh, interrupting stuff on Sundays. Just, it just feels like it's coming out of the woodwork. And so Bill and I are, and Pastor Jeff are constantly talking and we're constantly going, how can we best uh, minister to our community, how can we best disciple? Because that's ultimately what we're about. As, we, as I said at the very first sermon of uh, 2022, we are a church that is completely committed to discipleship, that we are growing as disciples of Jesus Christ who are equipped to be disciples or disciple other people. And toward that end, the real question becomes, well, how do we best do that? How do we disciple? And one of the things that we are, I, I don't if you've been here the last three weeks, especially if you've been watching online the last two weeks, you've noticed that every Wednesday has been different. The first one, Bill kind of spoke for virtually the entire time, and a large part of that was we were setting the foundation theologically for how we were going to be approaching Revelation. So that was necessary, but it kept the life groups who are gathering here from being able to actually be to connect and, and have a lot of time. The second week, we attempted to create more space for that, but even there, it felt like there was a lot of information that was given, and, and it ultimately kind of hindered groups from really diving deep relationally. And so we continue to be talking, going, hey, what's the best way to disciple our church? Um, we often talk about how we are a church of life groups, that that is the primary way we do that. And one of the things I think Bill and I even realized this week was when we use the word life group, we mean two different things because we come from two different generations. Yes. Prior to kind of my discipleship within church, a life group was more of a Bible study. And in a Bible study, you typically have a point person who is kind of the one the questions are asked of, and that individual kind of guides that time and disseminates information, much like Bill has been doing. 
But I recognize that when I say life group, I mean much more messy conversation where it's the, the leader is the person, if you use the volleyball metaphor, the person is the one that hits the ball, which is the question, and it keeps going across the net. And the net is the topic we're talking about or the passage that's being discussed. And then everybody plays. If, if the leader is the only one hitting the ball, then that's not volleyball any longer. And so... From time to time, the leader needs to say, hey, give me the ball back, asks another question, and you continue. That's life group to me. It's messy. It's life on life. It's people of different um, maturity in their spiritual walk who are coming together. We each bring our own stuff, and in the process, we're refined. That's what I intend. And so when I see groups who are doing more passive sitting, kind of like what Sundays look like, my first thought is, hold on, I, I want to try to save space for life groups to do that. And one of the things that's been really difficult, and this is where I pretty much set Bill up to fail, though I did not realize it, is that there were several of you who said, we at this time can't come in here in person because we're at home, we're afraid of kind of getting sick or whatever. Can you please uh, live stream it? Of course we can do that. But in doing that, it thwarts our ability to just say this is all about you being in together in groups and Bill's whole job is simply to go around and answer questions that kind of pop up in your group. And so we are still trying to tweak that and that's the reason I'm up here is because I wanted to clarify for you why we've been in this process and just kind of own we are, st we are still kind of trying to refine down what we're doing. So let me remind you of what we're attempting to do and why. We are a church that, that leads through discipling others. That is, what we are, that is what our purpose is. The primary way we do that is through life groups. I'm asking Bill in this season to help facilitate life groups connecting. So even though you may be online watching, our primary emphasis is going to be creating space for the people who are in this building um, to be able to process through the questions that we have provided. And one of the cool things with Bill... And, and this is something I know to be true of him, is he loves this letter, Revelation. He knows it well. He's got a Bible that has both the, the, the Greek and the English words there. So he has the ability to go right back to the Greek and see exactly what was written. I love that he leads in that way. And for these next several weeks, as we work through chapters 1 through 5, we're currently in the letters or the messages to the seven churches for this season, as we work through those up through chapter 5, I'm asking Bill to primarily be a facilitator for our life groups. Now, he will every week after Sunday. We are going to continue to talk, and I'm going to say, hey, here's, here's kind of what God was laying on my heart, and I feel like I didn't articulate this as well as I would have liked. Or, like for this week, there was something in particular that I knew was good, but I didn't have the space time-wise to get to it. And so I mentioned that to Bill, and Bill's like, I would love to be able to unpack that a, a bit tonight, and he's going to do that. So there will still be value added every Wednesday night, even if you're watching from home. But what is not honoring to you watching at home is when we cut the, the volume and just say, okay, if you have a question, email it in, and Bill's going to try it. And then you get to see the back of people's heads, and you don't want that. We don't want that for you. So we're going to try to keep this to 15 to 20 minutes of upfront talking to kind of set the conversation up. Then we're going to cut the feed. You guys just get to, you know, go with God or maybe take your homeward questions and begin to work through them at your house. For those of you in-house, 
you can either stay in this room or we're going to try to identify rooms that you as a life group can get to to be able to process together. For instance, my group will go across the street. We meet up in the, in the conference room every week, so that's where we'll head. And then we'll be able to continue to process together, pray together, and ultimately end the night together. That's how we're going to progress for the next six weeks or so until we get to the end of chapter five. Then things will change again. Because at that point, we as a church are going to do one really rapid overview of chapters 6 through 18. These are some important chapters, but they're also the most contentious ones, the parts where we can get lost in the weeds. And quite honestly, if we have people coming in from the outside, they are the, the weeks that they might get most lost. And so as a pastor who is also trying to make sure that we are ready to receive and invite new people into our church, the way that we are going to honor those chapters because they're not un, you know unimportant they're just places that we want to process together we are going to do that on wednesday nights that is going to be where bill is going to switch hats from life group facilitator to bible study leader and he is then going to exegete those passages um, so i hope that that's a little more clear that's the approach that we're taking um, and so tonight now i'm going to get out of the and I know that Bill has something that he would like to share that helps flesh out where we went from this weekend and goes a little bit deeper. Yeah, and, and I'm so grateful it took, um, just so you all know, I was not aware that it was <coughs> a thing to have a difference between life group and Bible study churches. Because to me, back in 19, I hate to say you this in front of him, you don't have to say it. 1970, yes, he wasn't born yet. No, I was born 19, in 78, so I was born in the 70s. In 1970, a man named, a pastor in um, Henrietta started a group called Body Life. Does anybody remember Body Life? If you do, he started the whole thing with what we called um, Body Life groups, and that's when we started it, but it was it was more of a Sunday school life group, but, but it was... Bible study back mm -hmm. then. And we did this. And so now the new life groups are, and I love the fact that they are asking people, hey, what do you think of this passage? And people are getting to do this. So this is really cool to watch how people are getting to give their things. So I love the new life group model. Please mm -hmm. understand I do. We still have a lot of folks, though, who come to me and say, as Kilby and I were talking this evening before we started tonight, there are people who have come to me since we've started the Revelation study and said, but I want to know this right now. I want to know about the beast. I want to know all of this stuff. And I said, when I get to this chapter, I will be glad to say that. And they're going, no, but I want to know now. So how many of you get a new movie, you like the beginning of it, and then all of a sudden you turn to the end of it because you want to know the end now? You see, guys, I will get to all of your questions. We will get to all of the good stuff that you're saying. I want to know the good stuff right now. People, quit looking at the back of the book to find the ending, but when you're reading the whole book, let's go chapter by chapter, and we will get there, I promise. Yep. All three of the pre-trib, post-trib, A-trib, yes, we're going to believe, we will cover all three of them. They and we're are going all valid, to honor. And we're going to honor every yeah. single one of them. We will yeah. honor this. Do I believe, I love this one. Somebody said, do you really believe in the second coming of Christ? Well, of course I do. Yeah. It's in there. God talks about it all the time. He says, when Jesus comes again, this is going to, yeah, it, it's all going to, it's all in there. Yeah. Let's get there together. You know, one of the things that honor we've both heard 
is, wow, it feels like you guys have spent so much time really mm. focusing on the yes. historicity of the letter of Revelation, kind of what was going on in their context, that it almost feels like it was more of, it was just written for them back there. And if that's what you've heard from us, I apologize. Sorry. That is not our intent. No. The reason that we emphasize that is because context is key to understanding. And we want to know how they would have heard it in their context so that we can then ask the question, okay, how does this speak into our context? We and try get to excited. We try to begin doing that on Sunday and then primarily, how does this intersect my life? And now how shall I live? That takes place best in a life group. And I will tell you about my life group. Just last week, I had several people who came with lots of energy because they were saying, hey, hold on about, what about this? And I had one gal ask a really, really helpful question that has even helped me. She said, wait a minute, you've been using this word uh, Persecution, thank you. You've been using the word persecution a lot. In what way are we persecuted? And I realize we have to, it, it, if we think that what we've been experiencing over the last two years here in America is the persecution that people around the world have been experiencing, it's laughable in comparison. What, what, what I and what we are recognizing is the pressure that we are getting from the world to conform or to put our hope in something else. That and that's what we're going to be unpacking a lot this Sunday. And so what I love about my life group is that I am constantly getting sh pressed and refined and, and, and sharpened as well. It's kind of like a, a rock tumbler is another mm -hmm. analogy I often use where you put lots of different sized rocks with lots of jagged edges. And as we do life together and as we process the word together, we are polished and refined together. And so that's why we place such an emphasis on life group. And if you're watching at home and going, well, great. Now that makes me want to show up on a, a Wednesday night. Good. That's, that's the point. Because I've got to yes. tell you, you're missing the best of what Lighthouse has to offer that's if true. you're not currently in a life group. And I know exactly. that some of you cannot in this season be with us. And we love you. And we're grateful that we can connect even in this small way. But for those of you who are committed to being in a life group or those of you who are willing to get into a life group, that is where you will experience the greatest amount of transformation, not simply from listening to me or to Bill right. or to Pastor Jeff on a Sunday, because the power, we're all about transformation and more information doesn't often lead to transformation. The power that leads to, tra to transformation is in the discovery. Amen. And that means you need to have the space to process. You need to have the space to take the concepts that are kind of brought out on Sunday and begin to examine how does this impact my life and how now shall I live in light of that. That's what the point of life groups is and why That's we right. guard them zealously. That's right. So how about this week I read the right chapter of Scripture. Yes. Grace yes, abounds. I know everybody had a great time with me all week. You know, Can I just say, if that ever happens to Bill again or to me or to anybody, please, we are family. Yes. Interrupt us and let us yes, know we're in the wrong chapter. Yes, please somebody raise your hand in here. If I do that again, we're going to be together. Thank you, Randy. I'm going to be in this. We're going to be together for the next few months in here. And if you hear me start again, say, hey, Bill, you're in the wrong chapter. Please do that. Because as soon as I was finished last week, everybody came over and said, Hey, Bill, did you realize you read the wrong chapter? No, thank you for telling me now. Please let me know. Thank you. How go about we go to Ephesians 2. This time we really are in the second yes, chapter. Verse 1 Excellent. through 7. Yes. <laughs> Revelation. 
I just what did I say? You said Ephesians. <laughs> so <laughs> we're reading the letter to the Ephesians, <laughs> Revelation 1, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Hey, well done. Am I'm I proud there of now? All of you. Good job. I'll catch excellent. up. <laughs> I would have read the right scripture, just called Maybe. it wrong, people. Here we go. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, and I actually know where that is, really, I promise. Write the words of him who holds <laughs> the seven stars in the right hand, in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot <laughs> bear with those who are evil and have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Great words. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I would just like us to go to prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, it is so great to get into your word, especially to this letter that you have given us to, sh to show us and give us such hope. We thank you that you are giving us clarity in a time when it can be so hard for us to hear your voice, when we have an enemy that is working so hard to convolute us. So, Father, open our eyes and the eyes of our hearts this day that we may hear you. In all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My brother did such a great work on Sunday. Now, if you'd like to stay up here, you may. Heck no. If you're going to be affirming me, I'm out that you were going to do that. that. I figured that. He loves leaving me up here by myself. Anyway, so here's what we're going to do. And, and for the next few weeks, and if you're wondering the days that we're going to switch when we get to, to uh, chapter 6, I do know that... Uh, on March 13th will be the, the, the weekend that I do preach on uh, uh, chapter 6 through 18. I will be giving a giant overview on that Sunday. And that's when we will start uh, what the, the real thickness of the apocalypse to go through those chapters. Today, we are looking at Revelation 2. See, I can get it right. Verses 1 through 7 in the first letter to the churches, which is to the church at Ephesus. I'm just real quick, when I'm hoping that you got the, the copy of the sermon notes, which is what we call the homeward questions. What was the church community doing right? What were they doing wrong in their efforts? Were they motivated by love? You can get all of those questions and you can talk about those together as we break up into life groups. And if you're online, I do believe that Mark had, was able to get those to you. 
And so those were the great things. The one thing that Eric said that he didn't feel like he covered all the way, where he asked this question, he said, Bill, in the part where it says you lost your first love in chapter uh, 2, verse 4, he says, what I didn't get to touch on and I didn't have enough time was, he says, how do you get it back? How do you return and get back your first love? So that's what I want to just take a few minutes, very short time, and just address how you get it back. And we're going we're gonna to revert to what we call the three R's. And, and for those of you that were able to look and reference the book that, that Eric recommended, and it's um, the book that we recommended, it's called, yeah, um, we, we, it's by Daryl Johnson. And we, we go to this book when we look at it, and it's a great book. And one of the things that we want to talk about is these three R's will help us to do a little bit of research on how to get back our first love. The first R, and I have some notes that I printed out, and it's called Remember. We want to look at remember. And one of the things for remember is to recognize and confess our condition, the condition you're in. If you, want, if you recognize that maybe I have lost that first love that I had when I first came to Christ, recognize and confess this condition of losing my first love or admit where I am. Jesus does not want us to beat ourselves up about this condition or become depressed. He doesn't want to over it. He doesn't want us to become depressed and beat ourselves up about it. In fact, if you look at Psalm 51, that may be something you want to circle and look at later. Look at Psalm 51 where David is, is there and he says, what you're looking for, God, is you want me to come and have a, a broken and contrite heart where he stands by it. He simply calls us to recognize where we are and admit it to ourselves and to him. Sometimes the hardest thing we can admit to ourselves is that we have stepped away and lost that first love. It's not an easy, it's true, it's not an easy thing to admit. Jesus, maybe right now I'm not at the place that I was before. And that's what Jesus is telling the church at Ephesus. He's saying to you, look, we're going to look at the, the beliefs of the Nicolaitans in, in a couple of weeks when we look at the churches at Thyatira and Pergamum. But, but the whole thing about them is that they snuck in a little bit. And they, they snuck into the mind, and it came in slowly, and you can lose your first love slowly. Sometimes we don't even recognize we've done it, but there is a time when Jesus calls us out. He says you've lost your first love. The second R in repent. Repent means to turn around 180 degrees. It's a radical U-turn. And isn't it great to know that we serve a God that allows U-turns, that we can always turn around and go back the other way. No matter where we are, a lot of times we want to say, God doesn't want to know me now. God, I've, I've come too far the other way. Folks, there's never a time when God won't let you turn around and go back. Never, never, never. Because those of you that know my, <laughs> my testimony know that I went as far as you can the other way, and God still let me come back. It, means, it could mean changing your schedule. It could mean changing a habit. Some bad habits, several bad habits. Could mean changing some commitments we've made to other things so that we can restore the intimacy that we once had with Jesus. That's what he's reminding these Ephesians about is God's telling them, hey, look, guys, you can turn around and come back to where you once were with me. And he wants them to understand that they, he, they once had this closeness with him that, that he was number one in their lives and they can come back to it. And in repent, we also need to look honestly into ourselves to confess worship of other things, such as, you know, 
work, success, financial security, the love of money, or anything else more important than loving Jesus. Some people have cars, boats, homes, things we've collected, you know. All of the things that have taken over loving more than loving Jesus, maybe we need to confess and talk about the fact and repent from loving those things more than we love Jesus. All of that stuff matters. And let's repent from that. And the third R is we want to look back and we want to redo. We want to redo. We want to get back to the things that we did when we first fell in love with Jesus. I can remember that when I came to the Lord at the ripe old age of 16, because I had lived from 14 to 16 enough years that mattered. I did a lot of bad things in those two years, and I had already, by the time I was 15 and a half, I was supporting a drug habit that cost me $80 a week. And I was doing a lot of bad things in order to get that much money. And in 19, whatever it was back then, it was something that was not good. And I had to spend a lot of money on things that was damaging my body and almost killed me. But I can remember when I found the Lord and accepted the Lord in a time when it was Maranatha music. And I heard songs that said, come back to the one who created you. Come back to this. Get back to him. And when I first fell in love with Jesus, one of the things that a, a young discipler from Pacific Christian College talked me into memorizing the eighth chapter of Romans. That was my first Bible chapter I ever memorized. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Yes, I could recite the whole chapter, but we don't have that much time. But that was the first thing I did. So any time that I start to get discouraged, for some reason, the Spirit taps me on the shoulder like this. He goes, hey, Bill, is there condemnation? Are you feeling condemned? Is there, are you in Christ Jesus? And all of a sudden, Mike Carmen's words come into my, what did you memorize again? And I get that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of spirit of life. It set you free from the law of sin and death. And it all comes back into me. And I remember that. Listen for his voice when I'm in prayer. I know that when we go to prayer, the first thing we do is we start to say, hey, God, can we do this? Hey, God, what about this? Hey, God, I remember my friends. I remember my family. Hey, God, all of this. Have you ever stopped in the middle of a prayer and just, shh, hey, God, and just hear him? Open the Bible. Open it to any book, Psalms, Proverbs, the book of John, the book of Ephesians. Start to read it and then just listen. You ever turn on some music and all of a sudden it starts to pull and tug on your heart, whether it be worship music or just a Christian song that you know just gets you. Songs like, there was Jesus. Wow. You hear some of those songs and they just pull at your heart. Or you just decide one day at a break time at work or a study time at school. Or even after the kids have gone to sleep at home and you just decide, you know what, Lord, I just need to go sit down and listen 
to hear your voice today. Take any time that you can to redo. When he says, let him who has an ear listen to him who's speaking. Let him who speaks to the churches. Every time he sends a letter to these churches, you're going to see this phrase at the end of it. Let him who has an ear listen to him who's giving the letter to the churches. Guys, when you get into these groups tonight, let him who has an ear listen and hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Please let him who has an ear hear what he says to the churches because in those churches he's speaking to each one of us he is talking to us he wants us to hear his voice if there is something that we as his church here in Costa Mesa California in 2022 if there is something that we know that we need to come back to his our first love to him to once we believed in Confess it. Remember what it was. Repent. And maybe tonight we need to talk to our group and say, you know what? I need to redo something. I need to ask you to pray for me. I need to ask you to redo and do this with me. And that may be something that we need to do tonight. If you're at home, maybe there's something you need to redo tonight at home. And there may be something you need to, you may need to read Psalm 51 at home. And if you do, please do so. You know, read Psalm 22, but please read it all the way through. The beginning of it will sound real familiar to you, but read it all the way through so that you understand the ending of why Jesus says that when he says the beginning. I would like to finish this with prayer. And then we're going to shut off the stream. And then I'm going to say for all of you that have your life groups, we have several rooms. And I'll talk about that once we shut off the stream and let you know where everybody can split up into life groups here. And then we can go on to that. Let's pray together. Jesus, it is hard to believe that we can have a lampstand. That we can be one of the lampstands that you are standing in the midst of. Lord, sometimes we feel like our light begins to dim as one of your lampstands to this city. We thank you for the star who is here, who represents you in the midst of us. May we remember, may we repent. And help us and give us the strength to redo, to come back to you. Help us to come back to our first love that we would just reignite and rekindle that. That we would <laughs> be stronger than ever and may our light and our lamppost shine brighter than ever. May you walk with us in wisdom. May you give us the strength and protection. And for everyone in this room who has a prayer request this night, may you hold it close to your heart. For all of those in our families, friends, neighbors, and around us who don't know who you are, may we be the light, be the church, and be the ones who they can see you through. And we pray all of these things this night 
In the holy name of God's Son, Jesus. Amen. For those of you on the stream, God bless you. May we see you again next week. If you can be here on Sunday, please join us. If you can be here on Wednesday, please join us. If you have any questions or anything that you need from us, please go to pastor at lighthouse.com, pastor at lighthousecommunity.com, and we look forward to seeing or hearing from you. God bless.